beautiful, beautiful day. And uh, we're just here tonight to rejoice in Him. And again, I say rejoice. rejoice. And so if you're ready to, to give Him praise that He deserves, why don't you get on your feet with me tonight, if you don't mind. Boy, we love Him. Boy, we praise Him. He is so worthy. He is so precious. He is so righteous. He deserves our best, doesn't He, church? He deserves our best. Father, we love You tonight. God, we thank You and we praise You. Lord, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, Lord, Your name and Your name alone is worthy to be praised. Lord, our praise and worship is chain-breaking. It's, it's prison-shaking. It's, it's wall-disturbing praise. Lord, I pray tonight in this room as we lift our voices and we sing Your praise that, that chains and prison doors fling open. God, things and barriers that have been holding us back for years, God, I pray that they're gone. May they disappear in Your very presence, God. Every voice that would rise in opposition against you, may it be silenced. And God, may you be the one who receives the glory and the praise and the honor and the adoration. God, it's always for you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's praise Him tonight.
you're going to do outside of these walls, God, through us, God. Use us, Lord. Let it start with us tonight, Father. 
us, God. Give us opportunities all week long, God. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Yes, God. There is no shadow that could ever overcome your light. And there is no rival that could ever stand against your might. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won.
have to. I'm having troubles with my ears tonight, so y'all are going to have to. Just forgive me for that. Father, we thank you tonight that there are no more technical issues in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for deliverance. We thank you for healing, God. We thank you for a move of the Spirit in this place tonight, God, regardless. Regardless of anything else that's going on around us, God, we just thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name, we're going to try this new one. This song, every time I hear this little girl sing this, it just moves me on so many levels. You probably heard it on the radio a little bit. I think she wrote it for herself when she was going through a really hard time of sickness in her life and she needed a healing. Father, we just thank you tonight for your words, God. Help us, God. In Jesus' name. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name because it's all that I can do. In desperation, I seek heaven. I pray this for you. I pray for your healing. Circumstances will change.
the circumstances would change. I pray that the fear inside would flee in Jesus' name. I pray that a breakthrough would happen today. I pray miracles over your life in Jesus' name. I pray for revival, a restoration of faith. I pray that the dead would come to life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name yes. in Jesus name in Jesus name moments of despair and in moments of joy in moments of questions and confusion and in moments of clarity in times when we're overwhelmed by fear and in moments when we have the boldness of a lion The name that stands out above all of it. Yes. Yes. One name. Yeah. It's not your name. No. It's not my name. No. It's not the name of the Assemblies of God. It's not 
United States of America or the United Nations. It's Jesus. The name Jesus will speak peace to the storms. The name Jesus will minister healing. The name Jesus will cast out demonic spirits and, and cause the sick to be healed and blinded eyes to open and the deaf to hear again. The name Jesus. It's not some magical incantation. It's not a hocus pocus. Oh, oh, if we'll just say the name Jesus enough times, then something's going to happen. No, friend. It's the faith that we put in that name. It's the confidence and the trust that we put. He's my king. He's my savior. He's my healer. He's my redeemer. Jesus. That's the stamp of approval. That's the stamp of authority. That's the name that we say in Jesus' name. And we stand back and we watch what happens. Amen. We didn't come here tonight to praise in the name of the pastor or the worship team. We're not here in the name of any person. We're here in the name of Jesus. Gathered in His name and in His house to declare His praise. Come on, let's do that. Oh, I praise you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Lord Jesus, we exalt you. Lord Jesus, we're here to collectively, with, with one heart and with one voice, God, declare you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, we're here collectively tonight to declare there's no other name given by which men must be saved other than the name of Jesus. We're here to claim the healing power. We're here to claim the virtue, the, the glory, the majesty of the name of Jesus. The broken heart healing power of Jesus. The, the blind eye healing power of Jesus. The, the cancer healing power of Jesus. We're here to claim the authority that's found in Jesus' name. God, may people, may people forget my name, but may they always declare the name of Jesus. I am nothing. I have no value, Lord, apart from you. God, I declare you are great and you are mighty and you are holy and you are virtuous. You're full of glory and honor and might. You deserve our praise tonight, oh God. You deserve our praise tonight, oh God. In the name of Jesus, every hidden thing revealed. In the name of Jesus, every lie made known. In the name of Jesus, every broken heart mended. In the name of Jesus, wholeness. In the name of Jesus, unity. In the name of Jesus, your praise and your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name. I believe in Him. That might be a radical concept, right? But, oh, pastor, you're bringing some new theology. No, I believe in Jesus, man. That's world-changing. That's world changing. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. What do you say?
Amen. Turn, look somebody in the eye, tell them you love them tonight, would you please? worship team. I so love and appreciate y'all. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, leave me alone. I'll do it. <laughs> I was thinking, Julie, as you were struggling Maybe I'm, I'm fairly literal about the way I read the Bible. How many think it's okay to be literal about the way you read the Bible? But I was thinking as, as Julie was struggling with, do you know there's gremlins in this church? There, there, there's some kind of boogers. There's some kind of gremlins. There's some kind of uh, stuff that gets a hold of our sound equipment from time to time uh, and just messes with it. Uh, one of the, the, the main problems, one of the biggest problems we have many times is with our internet. Uh, our internet has been a struggle. Uh, you guys know that, that this church is a lightning rod, uh, more than just for the Holy Ghost. Uh, but, but, man, we've been targeted many times. The church has been struck by lightning several times. The burn marks that are there in the corner above the drum cage uh, came from, I guess, what was it, two or three years ago? When the, uh, it was when COVID came, uh, so that's been about three years ago now. Uh, and the church was struck by lightning. It was the grace of God that, that the church didn't burn down at that particular time. Uh, if, if it was bad enough to bring you know, a, a burn stain inside our building, inside our sanctuary, then uh, it, it was pretty severe, the lightning strike that hit. And, and I got to thinking, you know, as, as Julie was struggling with her, uh, her sound equipment, with her in-ear system, her, her monitors, those of you that don't know, there used to be these big old ugly boxes that set up here on the platform, and and that was the way that, you know, the, the worship team was able to hear their music coming back to them so that they could know the right key to sing on. Well, now we have what's known as an in-ear system. Uh, and they, they plug the little uh, things in their ears. They're in their ears. An in-ear system. There, yes, there's a key to sing in, Vonda. I'm sorry, sweetheart. One at a time. One key at a time to sing in. Anyhow, um, and so because the internet problems we've had today, there's been a struggle. And the, the scripture came to my heart and my spirit uh, as, we were, as we were worshiping and, and kind, of, kind of fighting it a little bit. Um, in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, and He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to... The prince of the power of the air. The enemy, the devil, our, our adversary is known as the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. That means he tries to have dominion over the airwaves. That's, uh, again, I kind of take the, the word of God pretty literally. And, and so... I don't know a whole lot about Wi-Fi. I'd have to, to pull my bun-headed associate out here to explain it to us thoroughly. 
Uh, but I know Wi-Fi goes through the air, okay? I get that much out of the deal. Uh, and, and the enemy would like nothing better than to interrupt our worship. Because I also read this scripture this morning as I was praying and getting around and getting ready to come have church. Uh, the, the word of the Lord in Acts chapter 16 says it was about midnight. And old Paul and Silas were, were chained together in the innermost part of the prison. And they began to sing songs. They began to worship God. How many know it's okay to worship God even in the, the innermost part of the prison, even at midnight, even in the darkest hour? It's still okay to praise God. And the Bible says that as they began to praise and as they began to worship, that other people around them began to hear it. Come on, your praise and your worship has an effect on other people around you. But, but here's the reality. When they began to praise and they began to worship, God came and inhabited their praises. And when God inhabited their praises, the, the foundations of that prison began to shake. Their chains fell off and prison doors swung open. Now, why in the world would the enemy want us to have freedom and liberty in our worship? He wants to interrupt. He wants to distract. He wants to confuse. He wants to, to, to bring any interruption he possibly can. When we lift our voices to praise the name of our God and our King, the enemy wants to distract from that and, and take away from that. Listen, I'm here to tell you tonight, it doesn't matter if it's the bullfrogs croaking in the pond or if it's the birds singing or, or, or whatever the, the sound may be. All of creation declares the glory of God. And whether our equipment works the way it should or not, our God still deserves our praise. Our God still deserves the glory and the honor. And so join me tonight and let's give God praise one more time. Father, we bless you. God, we praise you. God, we're here to shout and sing and celebrate you. God, it's you, it's you, it's you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're a dead raisin, healing power, almighty God. And we love you and we glorify you tonight. Hallelujah and praise be unto almighty God. Come on and give the King of glory a hand clap together tonight, please. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. How many will declare tonight over your life that you are an overcomer? We are overcomers tonight, church. I want you to get that in your heart, in your spirit. I submit you are an overcomer. The word of the Lord says in the book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have problems. In the world you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I overcame the world. Come on, through your relationship to Jesus Christ, through your connection to Jesus Christ, through your walking, talking, living, daily, breathing, communion with Jesus Christ, friend, I submit to you tonight, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. We're overcomers. See, I, I remind you of what I said this morning. God's plan is you'd be blessed. God wants you blessed going out and coming back in, right? He wants you to be the head and not the tail. How many know it's better to be the head than the tail? Come on, it's good to be blessed by Almighty God, amen? See, He wants us to live this life of abundance. He wants us to live this, our best life right now. You don't have to wait to someday to start living your best life. Oh, my best life's still in front of me. Oh, my best life's way behind me. Friend, you need to live your best life tomorrow morning when you roll out of the bed. You need to live your best life right now, here tonight. If you're not living your best life right now, then you're missing out on the joy of the Lord. If you're not living your best life in this moment right now, friend, what are you waiting on? 
I believe tonight he brought the power that we might live as overcomers. Jesus died on the cross. He was raised on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Also that you and I could be overcomers. He poured out the good gift of the Holy Ghost so you wouldn't be empty on the inside, but that you might live your life as an overcomer. Come on. He walks with you and he talks with you every day so that you might be an overcomer tonight. The truth is this. There's a lot of folks that call themselves Christians that are walking through life living below where God intended for them to be simply because they're walking around in failures of the past instead of the overcoming power that Jesus Christ came for us to live in today. We've got this enemy. We've got this adversary. We've got this old cross-eyed, pimple-faced, pigeon-toed devil who likes to jump up in your life and remind you of all the junk of yesterday. Anybody got a yesterday? Anybody have somebody you used to be? Or is it just the preacher tonight? See, we all have the, the before Jesus moment in our life. We all have who we used to be. And the old devil sure likes to remind us of days gone by as if they'd never gone by. The old devil wants to remind you of places that you went that you should not have gone. He wants to remind you of words that you spoke that you should not have said. He wants to remind you of each and every time you failed and missed the mark. And I believe the enemy of our soul would like even the believer today to be reminded of the mistakes we make on a continual basis. Anybody still make mistakes after you've been saved? Enemy wants to continually remind you that, Brother Philip. Oh, you're a failure. Oh, you're a loser. Oh, you're no good. Well, listen, I declare over you tonight, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony that God has given you. See, I believe that the work of the enemy and his plan is to, to pull you down and get your focus off the power that's available to you. But praise God, that's not the end of the story, my friend. It might be the plan of the enemy, but the plan of the one who loves you, the plan of the one who sent his only son to die for you, the plan of Almighty God is that you would live in victory and favor and blessing and provision. And even though you might get knocked back down, it's the plan of Almighty God that you'd get back up again. I believe it's an hour and a time to dust ourselves off. Get back up. Poke somebody sitting nearby you and just tell them, get back up, friend. Find your Bibles. We're going to the book of Micah tonight. Glory. I want to talk to you about getting back up. I get down, I get up again. I get down, I get up again. <laughs> Micah chapter 7. <sighs> Glory. Micah chapter 7, verse 8. Oh, friend, if, you, if you're one of them markers in your Bible, if you're one of the people who takes notes, if you're one of the people who who writes in your Bible, this is a good, good scripture to outline right here. Micah chapter 7, verse 8, the Bible says this. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy, for when I fall, I will arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Let's pray. Father, thank you tonight for your word. Thank you, God, for the opportunity you afford me to preach it. 
God, thank you for the air you put in my breath, uh, my heart and my lungs. God, thank you for the blood that's coursing through my veins. Thank you, God, for the, the words that you've given me to speak. And thank you, God, they're not going to fall on deafened soil. But, God, it's going to spring forth life. And we're going to move past our failures. And we're going to get up and walk in the victory that's ours in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for what you're about to do. Be glorified. And I ask it all in the anointed name of Christ. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Come on and give him another hand clap, please. Thank the Lord. I uh, thank God. I believe we can get back up. How many would agree with that tonight? I, I know I tell you this about a lot of different scriptures. I know there's times I'll read a verse or a passage in the Bible. I'll, I'll talk about a particular person from the Bible and, uh, and I'll say, boy, they're my favorite. That, that's my favorite scripture. That's my favorite passage. But I've got to tell you, when I read Micah chapter 7 verse 8, I jump off in the middle of it and I have to stand before you tonight as your pastor and say, this has to list uh, at least in the top 10 of my favorite passages in all of the Word of God. Because I don't know about you tonight, uh, maybe you're all prim and proper and perfect and, and have arrived, but I still live in the real world. Uh, I still have to get out there and water around in it every day. And I submit to you, even your pastor fails from time to time. I know that's, that's shocking to some of you tonight. I, I know that just catches you off guard that, that the preacher might even make a mistake from time to time. But the fact of the matter is, we all, friend, can make mistakes from time to time. The Word of the Lord teaches us and tells us in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that we're all a work in progress. And what that tells me is, there ain't none of us perfect. Now, I've been around some folks, probably even some today, that have told me recently how perfect they are. They've never made a mistake. They've never done anything wrong. In fact, they're perfect in all their ways. Listen, I've got news for them people tonight. The only thing they're doing is lying to themselves and annoying the rest of us. The truth is, I, I don't know uh, who you are or what you are or who you think you are, but none of us have arrived. All of us still fall short. All of us still make mistakes. Failures are something that we all can encounter on a continual basis. How do you know that, preacher? Because the Bible is filled with people who failed. The Bible is filled with people who made mistakes. Some folks failed him by getting ahead of his plan. Anybody ever gotten ahead of the plan of God? You leap before you look. There, there's some people that failed God by getting ahead of Him. And there's some folks that failed God by getting behind His plan, by getting behind what He wanted them to do. Everybody, anybody ever done both those things? In the same day. <laughs> some people failed Him by going the opposite direction of His plan. One man failed him. That always comes to our mind is, is old King David. David. David was a man after God's own heart. He loved God. He served God. But when he looked out of his window and saw that woman taking a bath, he lusted after her in his heart and he failed God in the process. For eventually he plotted to have that woman's husband killed so that he might have her as his own wife. Listen, friend, some of the greatest people in the Word of God failed God. In the New Testament, his disciples failed him continually simply by saying stupid things that they should not have been saying. Anybody ever said something dumb that you should not have said? From behind the pulpit? 
I got a couple of guys that could testify. <laughs> Hearing this word tonight, Micah. Micah was it's what's considered in the, in the scriptures as a minor prophet. For Micah to be considered a minor prophet, he had some mighty big words to say. Micah begins to, to speak these words, and he's not just speaking about his own personal failure, but he's talking about the failure of an entire nation. He's talking about the failure of the nation of Israel. Uh, listen, he shows sorrow for sin. And the truth is we all can fail. We all can fall short. We all can make mistakes. The difference between the sinner and the saint is simply this. Acknowledging the failure, dusting yourselves off, and getting back up again. If you get down and you stay down, then the enemy has won. But if you get down and you say, Father, forgive me, I've, I've fallen short... Lord, I want to get back up again. I believe we've got a heavenly daddy that's got his hand outreach to pick us up to, so that we can get back up one more time. We've got a choice. We can either allow our failures to define us and defeat us. We can fall down and stay down. Or we can get back up, dust ourselves off, and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I want to get back up again. How about you? Some things I want to share with you tonight about how we can get back up. And the very first thing I want to talk about is this. It takes vision to get back up again. Amen. Look with me again at verse 8. Micah says, don't rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I'm going to arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord's going to be a light to me. How many are grateful tonight for the power of a God-given vision? How many know the vision of God is greater than any vision of any man? Sometimes our biggest obstacle between getting up or staying down is the lack of vision in our lives. Sometimes the only thing we can see is the failure. Sometimes the only thing we can see is the defeat. Sometimes the only thing we can see is the pit that we fell down into. We can't see the victory. We can't see getting back up again. We can't see the healing process. The only thing we can see is being down and staying down. I think it's time for a God-given vision of getting back up again. I believe tonight that, that we need to see the victory that God's got in front of us. How many agree with that? I've shared this story with you before, but when Sister Vonda and I were first married, we'd, we'd spend many, many, many hours driving around looking for a house to live in. We'd spend hours driving around. Maybe we could find a piece of land. Maybe we could find a, a piece of land with a house on it. Maybe we could, maybe we could find us a, a fixer-upper or something like that. That's where we were going to live. She really liked it when we drove down around 21st in Utica and them mansions that are off down in there. I really liked it the further we got out in the country away from civilization and We'd pull up on a piece of property, maybe it was 10, 15, 20 acres, whatever it was, and, and we'd pull up on it and maybe it'd have a house or a, a trailer house or something like that, and the windows would be broken out and the grass would be about that high and, uh, and there'd be you know, old junky cars up on cinder blocks in the front. Come on, if I just described your home, I'm not making fun of you. I'm going to get to it, the serious part of it, okay? I'd see a place like that, and I'd look at Vonda, and I had one word that I'd speak to her every time we'd see an old house like that or a piece of land. And what was that word, sweetheart? Potential. Potential. <laughs> because I could see what it could be, right? 
I can see what it would look like if the grass was mowed and they hauled that trunky old car off. I can see the potential in the place. And every time we'd see something like that, she'd look at it and she'd say, Gary, you're just going to have to draw me a picture. When we, when we bought our piece of property we used to live on many, many moons ago, we bought 20 acres uh, out by a, a little community called Redbird. Uh, it was between Coweta and, and Wagner about halfway. There was a little, a little community out there in the middle of the Bojacks. And I, I pulled up on that piece of property for the very first time I ever saw it, Brother Ron. Uh, there wasn't a house on it. There wasn't nothing on it. Uh, I pulled up on the piece of the property, and there were five deer standing on the back of it. And I went, this is the place. This is where we're going to live, right here. And I went back to the house and I told her, I said, I found it. We're going to go look at it. Uh, you got, you got to go with me. Get, get your shoes on right now. We're going to go out there and look at this place. Pulled up on that piece of property. The deer had run off by that time. I didn't shoot at them. Come on. I'm not. Just stay with me. I pulled up on that piece of property and the shoemake bushes is this high and the grass is this high. And she's looking at that piece of property and the only thing she can say again is, you're going to have to show me and, and draw me a picture. Now understand, I'm not diminishing my wife. I'm not saying that she doesn't have any vision. For the fact of the matter is, she can look at a third grade kid and see the potential and see what that kid can be when I say, duct tape them and put them in the closet. <laughs> Sometimes we just see things from a different perspective. Some things, sometimes we just see things from a different point of view. It's not that Vonda was being negative about those things. She just didn't have a vision of how good it could be. Sometimes the only thing we can see in the moment is when we're at is what's so bad about our situation, what's so bad about the failure, what's so bad about the problem we're going through. How many know that, that many times we do the same things with the failures in life? Many times we can't see past our nose. Man, I just see this problem that I'm sinking further and further and further into. What we actually need is to get out of our eyesight and see through the eyes of Almighty God, get a God's eye view of the situation. How many know that's exactly what Micah did? His vision was, listen, I might be down right now, but I have a vision of getting back up again. His vision was, I might sit in darkness right now, but my God's going to be a light for me. Sometimes you need to get a vision that's bigger than yourself. What's the word of the Lord say? It says that we're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. That means we don't have to see it to believe it. That means we don't have to have it at the point of our nose to, to understand it. That means we don't even have to have somebody draw us a picture of it. Vision. I have a vision of getting back up again. Oh, I may be down, but I'm not out. I may be whipped right now, but devil, you better look out because I'm coming out of this thing. And when I come out of this thing, it's not just me coming out of this thing, but my God's coming out with me and he'll be a light for me. We've got to stop seeing our failures. And we've got to start seeing ourselves as overcomers. You are not a failure. You are beautifully and wonderfully created. 
You are precious in the eyes of Almighty God. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Stop seeing the failure and start seeing yourself as a chosen son or daughter of Almighty God. How do we get back up again? It begins with a vision of getting back up again. Another way we get back up again is this. Got to have an attitude adjustment from time to time. Look at verse 8. Don't rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I'm going to get back up. When I sit in darkness, the Lord's going to be a light for me. Praise God for the power of a positive attitude. Poke your neighbor and ask him, how's your tood? Some of you, I can tell you right now how your tood is. I submit to you, it's a whole lot more fun to hang out with somebody with a positive attitude than somebody with a negative one. I don't know about you, but spending time around people who always focus on all the bad stuff, who always see the glasses half empty, makes me want to run for the hills. They'll suck the ever-loving life out of you, Bubba. Truth is, if we have an attitude of negativity and defeat, you're going to get down and you're going to stay down, and sadly, you're going to drag other people down with you. But if we'll have an attitude of an overcomer, if we'll have an attitude of, hey, I'm getting out of this deal, if we've got an attitude of victory and not defeat, if we've got an attitude of getting back up again, then, friend, there's not a devil in hell that can knock you down and keep you down. A defeated attitude's always going to be defeated. Proverbs 23 and 7 says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you see yourself as a failure, you're a failure. If you see yourself as defeated, you're defeated. If your attitude continually is that of a defeatist, then friend, you're defeated before you ever get out of bed tomorrow morning. But if you'll see yourself as that chosen generation, if you'll see yourself as that royal priesthood, if you'll see yourself as good because you're created in the image of Almighty God... Wow. Our attitude's reflected by the words we speak. I hear a lot of folks around this old world who, who carry the label of Christian with an attitude that really stinks and really negative continually. How do you know that, Pastor? Because our attitude is reflected by the words we speak. When people speak words like, there's just no way that things are ever going to get any better, your attitude stinks, friend. Thank you all for shouting me out the back door. Or when they say, oh, wait a minute, hang on, something bad is about to happen. So many people wait for the shoe to drop. They're living with the anticipation of some bad thing that's about to befall them. Have they never read the Bible? Because this word of the Lord that I trust and live my life by says that we're going to overcome. That there's going to be this trumpet that sounds and gravity's going to let go and we get to go home and be with Jesus. Man, I don't care what befalls me in this old planet. Uh, my body may fail. My mind might go away. Uh, my, my relationships may wither. My finances may go to uh, nothing. But the reality is uh, you can take the world away from me, but I still have my name written down in glory. I don't care how bad things are. 
I don't care how bad it stinks that particular day. The fact of the matter is, if you're born again, if you're a child of the Most High God, you've got it better than anybody else on planet Earth. Just because we might go through a bad time does not give us the right to have a bad attitude. Maybe I need to say that one again. Maybe I need to say that one to me or my wife. Just because we go through a bad time doesn't give us the right to have a bad attitude. Just because bad things happen doesn't mean we have to have a bad outlook on life. Listen, the words that we speak reflect the attitude that's going on in our lives. In contrast, can you hear the words of Micah? Micah's like, dude, I might be down, but I'm going to get back up again. Micah's like, man, uh, I might be in darkness right now, but the Lord's going to be my light. I thought about this as I was praying, and it may probably offend somebody, but that's okay. You'll get over it. I'm speaking positive. As I was reading over my scripture and getting ready to come in, I'm going to talk to you because you'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll dig it. As I was reading my scripture and getting ready to come in to, you know, preach, I thought about what happened. I know nobody in this room watched the Oscars this last week, but it was the slap heard around the world, right? Oh, Will Smith, the Mr. The Golden Child, decided he was going to slap this old boy for making fun of his wife. Now, the backstory about Will Smith and his wife is, is not a good one that I won't necessarily go into. But listen, I'm telling you, Will Smith probably ought to be offended by a whole lot more than some old boy cracking jokes about his wife. Will Smith marched up on that stage. He was all mad. He was all huffy-fied because Chris Rock made a joke about his wife and he reared back and slapped him. And what I wish he would have said... What I, I was thinking as I was praying about coming in here and saying this to y'all, I wished he would have looked at a wheel and said, you hit like a girl. <laughs> in essence, that's what Micah was saying. Devil, I might be down, but I'm going to get back up again. Devil, I might be in darkness, but I'm going to set in light one day because the Lord's my light. And oh, by the way, you hit like a girl. You think you really knocked me down. You think you really caused me to stagger. But Bubba, you don't have any power compared to my God. That's the right attitude. Attitude is reflected by the words we speak. This scripture I use with you guys all the time. Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's in here flows out of there. Whatever's in your heart comes out of your mouth. Whatever, whatever abides within you, if there's praiseworthy things in your heart, then praiseworthy things are going to come out. Isn't that what Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says? Whatever's praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Whatever's good, whatever's virtuous, whatever's of a good report, think about, meditate on this stuff. Don't think about the slap of the enemy who hits you like a little girl, but think about the power of Almighty God by which you overcome. How do we get back up? We got to have vision. We got to have the right attitude. Oh, in one more way, I believe we get back up, and that is this we got to have faith. We gotta have faith. Verse 8, one more time. Man, don't rejoice over me, devil. Don't rejoice over me, my enemy. For when I fall, 
I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord is going to be a light to me. Thank God for the power of faith. By the power of faith, I believe that those who are down in the most low place in their life can get back up again if they'll simply rise up in faith in Jesus' name. Micah had so much faith that it was reflected in his vision. It was reflected in the words that he spoke. It was reflected by the attitude. His faith caused him to see things that were not there. He was down, but he said, I see me getting back up again. He was down, but his attitude was, you may have slapped me, but you hit like a little girl. You may have knocked me to the ground, but I'm going to get back up again. I may be in darkness, but I'm going to set in light. And he had the faith to declare these words in a moment when he wasn't there yet. He may have been in the midst of his defeat, but he was still speaking words that were positive. How many times have I told you as your pastor, the words that roll out of your mouth have the power of life and death within them. You speak blessings and you speak curses. The Bible says we have the power and the authority to bind and to loose. By the words we speak far too many times over our own lives, we are binding our own lives instead of loosing our own lives. We need to bind the hand of Satan. We need to bind every demonic attack. We need to bind every device, every weapon that would rise up in vain against Almighty God. And we need to loose His blessings and loose His provision. Hmm. Hmm. Doubt says, hmm, it's bad. I mean, it's real bad. Doubt says, have you seen the price of gas? Doubt says, do you know who's in the White House? The lights are on, but nobody's home. (laughs) Doubt says, man, there's no way it's ever going to turn around. Doubt says there's there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Doubt says I'm at the end of my rope. And faith says, Brother Black, what? Tie a knot in it. Doubt says it just can't happen. Doubt says there's no way. But the faith-filled words of a man or a woman of God changed the atmosphere, changed the situation, changed the environment. It changed it for Brother Micah, and friend, it'll change it for you. Faith has the confession of Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Faith has the confession of Romans chapter 8 verse 37 For we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Faith has the confession of Micah chapter 7 verse 8 Do not rejoice over me my enemy for when I fall I will arise and though I sit in darkness the Lord's going to be a light to me. Come on, it's time to let our confession be a confession of faith and not a confession of doubt. Get back up. I don't know how many times 
in my lifetime these words have been spoken over me. I don't know how many times in my life Stopped at a garage sale one day. There's a motorcycle sitting out there. Mama, I want that motorcycle. Can I have that motorcycle? Son, can you even ride that motorcycle? Mama, I can ride anything. I ride my bicycle. What's the difference? If you can ride it, I'll talk to you, Daddy. I hopped on the back of this little motorcycle, revved that baby up, Pop the clutch, wah, right in the midst of a whole bunch of trash cans. <laughs> Laid out, blood squirting every direction, and mom walked over and she said, Get up. I didn't get the motorcycle. <laughs> Playing shortstop. That short hopper came over the top of my glove. I went down to pick it up. And that ball hopped up over my glove and popped me right in the middle of my nose. It just flattened my nose across my face. And <laughs> I bled a lot as a kid. Blood squirted everywhere. <laughs> Daddy walked out to the shortstop. Get up. Rub some dirt on it. Get back up. I went and sat on the bench for an inning. They put me back in the game to go play shortstop again. And every time a ball would come my way, I'd go and flinch. When that ball game was over chasing my daddy, all the other kids were gone. Everybody had left. Daddy put me in front of the backstop. He took a bucket of baseballs and sat on the pitcher's mound. And daddy sat there and ball after ball after ball, a grown man hit them balls at me just as hard as he possibly could until I got to the place where I wasn't flinching anymore. You know what daddy taught me in that moment? Get back up. You know, today they'd, they'd, they'd call in DHS on you if you did something like that to one of your kids. But my daddy taught me a lesson. Don't let that flat nose, don't let that broken, crooked nose on your face beat you, get back up. It was a Sunday morning. You knew I was going there, didn't you? Somebody I thought I could trust and put my, my total confidence in as a staff member stabbed me in the back. I was broken hearted. This is years ago. Y'all are looking at me like I've lost my mind. This is, this is a long time ago, okay? We were pastoring in Muskogee. I was broken hearted. I went in to teach my Sunday school class and there were people in the Sunday school class who were upset with me and they, they jumped in the middle of me and let me know exactly what they thought about me. I went to my office to prepare to come out and, and the only thing I could do was cry because I was broken hearted because I thought these people loved me and I thought they cared about me and, and now they're, they're mad at me, they're upset with me and so how am I supposed to go on? I went out and we went into a time of worship and the only thing, Jerry, I could do was cry. I hit my face on the platform and I was down on my hands and knees and just bawling. <laughs> and a little lady by the name of Myrtle Thomason 
she sat about where Brother Black does right now, and she walked on a walker. Barely could walk. She was a thousand and one years old. She is a pastor's wife herself, and they'd been retired from ministry for many, many, many years. She loved me. She loved my wife. She saw me brokenhearted on that platform, and that little woman took her walker, and she walked all the way to the front of that platform. She left her walker and made about two steps, and she got up there and got down on her stinking hands and knees. She got in my ear. She said, listen. Listen to me, boy. You are these people's pastor. You are the pastor of this church. God called you. God anointed you. God equipped you for a time such as this to shepherd these people to be their pastor. It doesn't matter what's happened to you. You get up and you preach the word. I got up. I got up. If I could recount every time. If I could share with you every time in my personal life where somebody looked me in the eye and said, Gary, get back up. (laughs) There's Sunday morning sometimes when I'm in the bed going, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to (laughs) go. And Vondel will say, you got to get up, you're the pastor. (laughs) Get up. I wonder about you guys tonight. You know, I'm not the only one that's ever been there or gets there. Sometimes you feel like you've had your nose punched out by a, a baseball that's hit you in the face, or sometimes it's just something that's just taking the breath away from you. Some news that came in, some event that unfolded, something, something that happened that you weren't expecting to happen that happened. <laughs> and it knocks the wind out of your sails and knocks you down. And, and the problem with that is, far too often we get down and we stay down. I won't testify for you tonight, but I'll testify for me. When I'm having my pity party, leave me alone. I just want to have my pity party. Come on, amen. Amen. I ain't the only one in the room that gets that way. It's not just me. We all can get there and we like to waller around in, I'm down. Just leave me alone. I'm down. Thank God he gave me polypositive for a wife. Because there's days that the whole world would explode if both of us ever got down as low as I get down sometimes. But here's the encouraging news. Here's the good news. We can shout just like Micah did. I may be down, but I'm going to get back up. I will arise. I may sit in darkness right now, but the Lord's going to be a light. And oh, by the way, devil, you hit like a little girl. You hit like a little girl. Yeah, that'd be a good t-shirt. Would y'all stand with me tonight? Would you get back up? Come on, sister. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I love you tonight. Lord, you knew exactly who would be here. 
when you began to inspire these words in my heart. Lord, I know I just didn't preach it just for a few. But Lord, this word is for, for many of us. Lord, we, we can reach those places in our lives where we feel like we're at the bottom. Lord, we've fallen. We've made mistakes. We, we've had the attack of the enemy. We've had the wind knocked out of our sails. Lord, we get down sometimes. You know these, these things about the weakness of, of your creation. God, you know us that well. But God, you also love us so much that you don't leave us down there. You send a preacher along every once in a while to remind us to get back up. You send people into our lives and say, rub some dirt on it. It's going to be okay. Lord, thank you tonight. Thank you tonight, Lord, for the encouragement of your word and the prophet Micah. Lord, we can get back up again. We are not defeated. We are not overwhelmed. We are overcomers tonight. We can overcome every defeat and every attack of the enemy. Lord, because you're the one who helps us get back up. We speak by faith, Lord, the vision of the, the, the attitude that flows through our heart reflects the, the vision that you place before us, God. We see a victory and not a defeat. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do right now in this place. In Jesus' name. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed. If you're in this room and you need Jesus to save your soul, you're lost, you're undone, and you know that you are. You'd say, Pastor, I need Jesus. That's a simple confession. I need Jesus. Friend, I want you to understand we all need Jesus. But the person who's at the point of, of needing salvation needs Jesus. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never turn you away. Oh, I've done such bad things. Friend, get back up. He loves you. If you're here and you'd say you need Jesus to become your Savior, I'm going to ask you to lift a hand to heaven. I just want to pray with you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Is there anyone else tonight? Thank you, Father. Do you know that there were three people who accepted Christ this morning? And there's been one hand thus far that's gone up tonight. Come on, God's saving. He's still in the soul-saving business. He's still in the soul-saving business. Young lady, I'm going to ask you to come in just a moment. There will be those that will gather with you and pray with you. But I want to talk to you tonight, church. I'm, I'm so proud of the, the boldness and the courage of a young person to, to say, yes, I need Jesus to become my Savior. But you know what? As an adult, we ought to set the standard and say, yes, 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 I fall down and I need to get back up. Yes, I need a bigger vision than the, than the pit that I'm living in right now. Yes, I need to have a, a, just a, an attitude adjustment by the Holy Spirit of God. Yes, I need to flow in faith instead of the doubt, the discouragement that grips me and keeps me down. I need to declare things over my own life and the lives of the people I love. The words that I speak need to be victorious and not defeatist. If you're here, brother, if you're here, sister, and it's time for you to get up, I want you to come. Find a place in front of this church. If you raise your hand, I want you to come. Now, there's going to be people come and pray with you. 
Come on, let's, let's move. Let's pray. God bless you as you seek the Lord.
so much. She's so special to you. God, I just pray right now, Father, over every heart, every home, every family represented here tonight. God bless them and continually remind them, Lord, we might get down, but we got to get back up. We can't stay down. We got we to gotta get up. Lord, I love you. Walk with us this week and be praised for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Please love on one another tonight.